I am unashamed. What about you? <laughs> so I feel like I'm come here to bear my soul. I mean. <laughs> Well, Missy was on the last podcast, so you know, out of we, all the people you could bear it to, we're we're two: your your brother and your dad, and your first cousin, Zach's here too. Yeah, Zach's, Zach's here. In North we got, we're all kin folks here. We all come out of the same. Well, I think most people do a podcast and they have a subject, which is you know ours is the Lord, the author of of the Bible, and we tell about our personal life. But you know, uh, things happen. <laughs> And uh, so we had a, I had a pretty rough last few days. So the audience will know, we don't know, I don't, and you don't either, I guess, on what Jace is fixing to say. We have no idea. <laughs> have no idea. It's on his mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just kind of plopped Unloaded, down. Unloaded, Jace. I, I plopped down here and I was like, it's been a rough week. <laughs> so Missy was here on the last podcast and we were just kind of trying to rally the the family, because Mia was scheduled to have her last surgery. And your woman, it made, she she was, that was worth hearing what she had to say. So you'll know. Yeah, she was very good. She was very well-spoken. She's amazing. She's come a long way. I'm having to remember that, because uh, our relationship the the past few days have been has been strained. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll tell you why. Now, I was bragging on you that y'all have come a long way. But now well, you're fixed a, a drainage. Part. I'm gonna tell you what happened. I'll give you an update on me. Look, right. we, we we go over there, and we've done this for the last 18 years of her life. She's never gone six weeks without seeing a doctor. She's had multiple surgeries, and she has a condition that has to be managed. And when what's she, it called for the audience to know? She has a well. It's basically craniofacial issues. She has special needs in that. She was born with a cleft lip and palate, and through all these these surgeries, they have tried to to give her a normal palate so that she can talk correctly, breathe easily, and eat without any problems. Because those three issues are really the issues that that she has. Most people, they just think it's all about how she looks, which that's always been secondary because, you know, talking, breathing, and eating, those are pretty important things. Very much For a so. human. And, and how she looks, you know, as a young girl. But So it's been a process, and when she quits growing, which is now she's 18, they kind of do the final touch-ups. Well, her biggest problem that led to this last surgery is uh, she just has – chronic uh, sinus issues because we've noticed that and missy i think she got this from her genetics i don't know she, it could she, be on our side too because i have it well i mean what i'm I saying mean, is not like, her saying yeah thing, her but. sinus issues are a little different i mean it, it's like it, it's more severe i mean right. she she really has a problem and uh so they're like well there's a lot of scar tissue and, and Missy's the same way when, when she has an injury. She scars terribly and, and has a lot of scar tissue. Well, Mia has a lot also, like more than the average person. Well, you can think all these surgeries they've done in her nose and on her face. It's just the doctor even said before we went into the surgery, he's like, you know, it's just you got to realize it's just it's a mess. <laughs> and, and 
we know that inside her nose, we're going to try to do this without breaking any more bones or anything. So they're basically going up into her nostrils and trying to clean her canals out mm -hmm. so she doesn't have all these sinus infections, which, mm -hmm. and they're more severe than the average human. So that was kind of the goal. And since it was going to be the last one, they were also, for the first time during this whole process, they were going to try to make her look as well as possible while we're here. Yeah. And uh, so... We talked about that. And uh, so what we do, the process is you go over there. We try to have fun the first day because every time she goes, you don't want it to be a negative thing. So I gave her some money to go shopping, and they went shopping. And Because you have a, you have a pre-op day where they get the plan and look at her. Then the next day you have a surgery. So we were there three days, I guess. And uh, we went to the movies and one of these luxury movies where you have your meal there. and I've heard about it. those. I've never you know experienced what? it. Was, it was really nice. Yeah. The first one I had. I've never been down that road. <laughs> it was. When's the last time you went to a movie? It was good. And yeah, Well, to, the to problem is decades. trying to find a movie is the problem. <laughs> we actually saw that. Uh, the Thor? Uh, Elvis? No, the Tom Cruise movie. Oh, the Maverick. You know, and it was actually really good. That's what I've heard. It's yeah. done really well. And it was pretty clean till the end. They started dropping a few four-letter words. They always got to have that. But overall, I mean, it, it was it was good. It was a good movie. We had a good time. So, uh, and they get the plan. So then you, you know, you get up at like 4.30 in the morning and get to the hospital. And it's just a long process before you even get to the surgery. And they get the plan. Well, they do the surgery. And, uh. It was longer than they anticipated. It was probably three and a half hours. And he come out. It's like, look, you know, I feel pretty good about it. Did the best we could. He took pictures of her, you know, and it, she looked great. I mean, they take pictures before because the swelling happens so quick that you can't, like right now, I mean, her head is, you know, quite swollen. So, uh, and he felt good about it. But she just didn't, she just, she just didn't respond well you know to the anesthesia which has happened before she was real nauseating and uh so she didn't recover we thought we'd have the surgery two or three hours later we're bringing her back home but it, we just got delayed and delayed and delayed and so we wind up not leaving until five o'clock well we're in dallas well i mean we got discharged at five o'clock and when i <laughs> took a right and then a left I cannot describe to you just the traffic was horrible. Yeah. And she doesn't feel good. I mean, she's coughing up blood and all this and just, but she is on some pain medication at this time. So, so anyway, so we start and I'm already tired because I got up at 430 and now I'm in this stressful situation. I'm driving. So, uh, about a couple hours into this, it took us, over an hour just to get out of Dallas. She's like, and she can't speak, so she's doing sign language and all, but she basically conveys, she's got to go to the bathroom. So I was like, what? I mean, we're, <laughs> I need to find the cleanest bathroom possible because you're already just thinking we got open wounds here and she's all bandaged up and just us going out in right. public, you know. So, uh, I thought to myself, I was like, well, I'll hit a hit a Starbucks because I need a coffee to keep me awake. They're pretty clean bathrooms, you know. Let's do this. Perfect plan. So I'm finding one because 
you know, one in Terrell, Texas to, on I twenty. I'm it? having to pull over, you know, to even to get my GPS working because Missy's dealing with Mia, and it's like it's kind of dangerous. You know, yeah. I'm in charge of navigation. It's stressful. I'm tired, and uh, so I find the Starbucks. She Missy takes her in there. I order the coffee. It was perfect timing. I got I take the coffee, and where I messed up <laughs> is I put the coffee on top of the console. Because the cup holders were full. Uh-oh. And I meant to move something and, you know, but Missy's like, we're ready. Let's go. All right. So I'm looking and my phone is not loading the GPS because I had, because I'm, I'm not, I had to take turns and I wasn't real sure where I was at in, in all the hoopla. You got to remember, it was stressful already. So for some reason, I find myself taking a left <laughs> And I'm going toward the interstate, and I look up, and I'm on a one-lane road, and there's a there's cars getting off the interstate headed right toward me. <laughs> You're going the wrong way. And I look up, and I thought, you know, typical Robertson response. These people are going the wrong way. <laughs> Everybody yeah. but you. That's right. So I see at the entrance of the interstate, they have two big signs there. Do not side. enter. Do not enter. And I thought, you know, so then you know what I had typical Robertson response. I thought, y'all should have put those signs back where I got home. <laughs> Somebody so now, else messed up. Now it's become a dangerous situation. Well, yes, Nobody yes. knows it but me because they're preoccupied. Me is moaning. You have a very sick daughter and yep. you're going the wrong way uh, and a vehicle's coming they zigged i zag well the coffee all of a sudden <laughs> mia cries out in pain just just like excruciating pain now she's been skin the been, coffee does a double back oh yeah, no you scalded seat, her with the coffee it's her leg oh. oh yeah i mean i mean it's hot coffee well then i have to pull over somehow and literally there's nowhere to pull over i just pull over in, in nowhere <laughs> well now i'm like what what is wrong with her because i don't realize the call i don't, i'm like what what's the problem because she was crying out in pain well then i look down and i see my coffee cup below her seat like on, on the end that you drink out of just perfectly sitting there i mean i grabbed the coffee and it was like a third of it still in there and uh so i love i mean she's in pain now now i'm like feel the in that moment i felt the worst i've ever felt in my life because i thought she is going through excruciating pain. and now you dumped a hot cup of coffee on her well i looked over there at missy and smoke is coming out of her ears and fire i mean she is hot she's hotter than the coffee she was so mad she couldn't even speak she was trying to get her mouth to move What's the old so, saying? Hell hath no fury like a uh, mad woman, like a like a mother's scorn. So I thought. Oh, so I yeah. we got paper towels and clean up, and I'm I'm we're putting the ice on her because I had a, a waters and ice, and we're trying we're pouring cold water on her, and well, and you got to remember this car is brand new. I just bought it. For, <laughs> You know, Missy, well, that's another double whammy. Because now there's coffee everywhere. <laughs> I just thought, well, all I can do is apologize. And, I mean, I just saw so apologize five or six times. Nothing. You know, cre- <laughs> was it like, 
It's okay. We forgive you. Right? Yeah. 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 Too soon. They wanted you none. to. They wanted you to sit in it for a little bit. Right. Yeah, none of it. All that I had said earlier, how she's growing in the faith. All, all the stuff here about me. Call your daughter. That'll, that'll bring it out. Positioning to you because know, I, I got the car positioned. Jace, the audience at this point, some of them are in are are shedding serious tears. For the whole, Oh, I know. And I thought in this moment, I thought under the old law, I remember because now it's just silence after we got her, you know, the burns subsiding. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now it's just dead silence for well, about Could you go hour. to something, I know it's a long shot, positive that came out of all of this? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, you mean, we're you still mean waiting. The trip to hell and back. So no, you, we're, this is three or four days later now, and I still don't think my wife and I have had a meaningful conversation <laughs> since. However, I, I had to make some spiritual applications because in these moments when you're at the lowest of lows, and because Mia mm. really struggled the next couple. What comes of to days, my mind, Jace, is one of your famous verses, and it's bringing it to the fore is that love keeps no record of wrongs. Well, Phil, I went through that stage. There was a lot going awry here. Yeah, I went through that stage in my mind, and I I thought that's why this would be a good story, to make a spiritual application. But in the moment, you're right. You really have no recourse other than just say, I'm an idiot. bad, right. I mean, I said I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. Yeah, I think you progressed, because the last, you didn't, at least you didn't say, um, Bring up the suffering of Jesus and correlate that to what she was going through. You know. Exactly. So that, yeah, that's progress. Keep piling it on, pile it on. You've shown yeah. growth from the last podcast. <laughs> so here's the point I was going to make. I went through the first thing. Hang on, hang on. Let's take a break. Just last week, I had a, a great conversation, Zach, with uh, our friends at Bespoke Post. Uh, sometimes we like to call our sponsors and just, you know, find out what's yeah. new, kind of what they have coming out. And they know how much I love the uh, Box of Awesome, which is their website is boxofawesome.com. And it really is. There's all, they send you basically things that you really enjoy, but it's, it's like a little surprise every month. And so if you're into, you know, outdoor, uh, you're into camping, uh, maybe you're into hunting and fishing, maybe you're, you know, maybe it's bar stuff, whatever, they will send you a box. And it's a little surprise that you get every month. And I love it when mine come in. I've asked them to send me some kitchen stuff because I didn't even realize they did that. But we all love to cook, right? And so that's coming up. So I'll let you know how that turns out. But here's what you do. Um, You go to a boxofawesome.com. And you're going to take a little quiz. And they're going to find out exactly what you like. Uh, so they can make sure those boxes uh, are, are what you want. You can skip uh, a month. You can cancel any time. It's free to sign up, so it's, it's, you definitely want to check this out. You're going to get 20% off your first monthly box when you go to boxofawesome.com. Enter the code Phil at checkout. So that's boxofawesome.com. Use the code Phil, 20% off your first box. Check them out. I went through the... Th- the, the 30 minutes of, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. Because it wasn't something I did on purpose. I mean, I accidentally Obviously, didn't. you didn't want to scold her. This is a we're at When the did time. you finally get out of the, 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 the that suburbia around Dallas? I've been through there. I try to it make took it. over an hour. And, and you, that's, what I, that's what I was trying. I told you that backstory to say that it was a stressful situation. Yep. 
and I was stressed out. So I how mean, is she doing now? Two or three days. I think later. she turned the corner some during the night last night, which has been three or four days since the surgery. I mean, she she really it was it was rough. She fell. Is this horrible. her last major surgery? Yeah, she was nauseated. You know, just for days here now, and uh, you know, you just think about it. When I say nausea, I don't mean you feel a little quick. I mean you're you're literally just because you got to remember when you have a three and a half hour surgery and your head is tilted back, the amount of blood that yeah. happens here is extreme. Well, that's all draining down inside of you, and oh, some people just don't terrible. do. Well I hate to bring this up that, at this time, but, but it calls for it, I guess. Uh, those who marry Jace will face many troubles <laughs> yeah. in this life. I figure we're going there. I'm going to spare you this. Well, let me, well, let me get to the point I was going to oh, That was a lot of, tr- lot of trouble. Right? I, went, I went through this first hour of silence. Because you got to remember, my emotions are all already because the worst thing in the world that I, I have noticed being on the earth over 50 years is to watch your child get butchered i mean and yeah. suffer it, it, it's just there's a helpless which we've seen it over and over and over say and, and, over and just over. because this happened a lot doesn't take it out anytime no. does it and, and now i and made this, this operation was number what roughly 20 something huh well yeah. like 14 major okay. probably but Woo. yeah a lot of procedures well jace you're to be well, commended well, to well, hold it all together well i appreciate I the encouragement say. phil i needed it because look <laughs> i thought about this i thought you know i did 99 things right because we're we're veterans of this process right. at this stage. And if you looked at all the moves I made during this process, I did 99 great things. I did one really bad thing. That was an accident, but it's like it was an accident that I just shouldn't have allowed to happen. I mean, I, I should have, no matter what, I should have secured that cough because it was basically for me anyway. I think that's why Missy was just like fury, you know, <laughs> like you're worried about getting some coffee. You could have. But somehow... I was thinking, if I fall asleep at the wheel, guess what? All right, it's bad for all of. I mean, I was, I was really exhausted. You probably would have been better advised to just have someone with the hospital and whatever kind of ambulances they have from one point to another. Maybe just, well, we've done well, that before, yeah, Phil, have, but you yeah. got to remember this surgery wasn't supposed to be yeah. as rough as it was, it and it surprised the doctor. He's yeah. like, we got in there. You know, I, I didn't mention that, but post-surgery, he's like, we got in there, and there was just some more that was more difficult than we anticipated. I mean, so, and that's how these They're only human themselves. Are. Yeah, I mean, look, they felt everybody felt good about it, but it was just, it. it we weren't prepared for you know so why is the swelling by now started to recede and not really but it will a couple weeks you know but she she's feeling better and uh so anyway so i was i was having this thought to myself because i went through the normal stages of like well i apologize i did everything i could and i thought well i'm gonna make it up to her because she's at some point she said they said she wasn't gonna be able to eat anything for a couple days and she she wanted something to eat and I was like, okay. I mean, she can't eat anything. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, but just something to be something soft, soft yeah. you know. But I figured she hadn't eaten in a couple of days. And so uh, so I thought, well, I'll try to make it right. So, because I thought in my brain, what could she eat? Well, I thought, you know, Chick fil A has the macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. She loves macaroni and cheese. So I figured out where Chick fil A was because conversations are over. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> 
There's just so, silence. And it was perfect because she had to go to the bathroom again. And so I stopped at Chick-fil-A. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to get her some macaroni and cheese. And I mean, I think she ate like two other noodles. But then I, so I told her, I was like, I'm trying to make up for my mistake. You know, I said, so, so are you ready to forgive me? And she said, I'll think about it. That's what Mia said. I said, well, there's hope. So so now we had that. So I, I tried to make amends. And what I'm getting at is I thought, I went through the 30-minute stage of thinking, I've done everything I could do. I didn't do it on purpose. I mean, Missy should at some point say, okay. It was an accident. Yeah, yeah it was an accident. But I thought to myself, no, I can't be trying to justify. This was a. This was like I did ninety nine things right, one thing wrong. But this is the equivalent of fumbling at the one yard line. This was the worst possible scenario. <laughs> right. So I said, I'm not going to worry about that. I just I messed up. But it made me think about grace. And, no, that's uh, it. You're right. It, it made me think about. You remember old Jack Exum, the old preacher? You know, we used to listen to and things change. Jack Exum. Yeah. He said. When a person has done something wrong, they have no power to do anything but say I was wrong. That's and, it. And, and I thought I've always that's always stuck with me because you know we want to do something to make it right, but I just, I'll never forget that. But in the in us studying Hebrews and you know Phil, I think a couple podcasts ago, you know, brought up the amount of times that it talks about grace and. You know, I thought about that Hebrews four sixteen. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, and which was I could not approach my daughter or my wife with any amount of confidence because trust me, no matter what I'd have done, yep. I could have said, "Here's ten million dollars for <laughs> your," you know, no, it wasn't going to happen. And so, and I think it's fine. Right. It, it, it's fine for people to be in the moment. You know, that was terrible. I made a situation worse, even though that was not my intent. But I thought, man, how awesome it is that Jesus, you know, God in his plan allowed Jesus or sent. You know, I think the it wasn't that he was just born. He sent him. And, and Jesus, one day at a time, it made me reflect on also chapter uh, 5, where we just covered when it said during the uh, five seven during the days of Jesus's life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. And I just thought, you know, we're going to get to this verse where it says he became the source uh, of salvation for everyone. And my point is. You, we all know the story of Jesus and we know the life, but when you start thinking that Jesus one day at a time stayed on that path despite all the opposition, even as a kid and learning and learning the Old Testament and and knowing all these scriptures, having them memorized, because I think in their culture they, they had memorized the whole Old Testament by the, about t- when, by the time they were 10. But he not all these verses about him. And you think about Isaiah 53. I mean, what is he thinking when he's reading that? That he's going to be marred beyond human likeness and he's going to, you know, be persecuted and, and have lashes on his body. And so I just thought, man, all that just so we could, in these moments of mistake and failure and outright sin, to have that confidence of grace. I mean, that's why this story is better than any other story on the planet. It, it's better news than anything that could happen. Because the bottom line is, things happen. 
Right. Life's difficult. I mean, I, yep. I had a rough week and, you know, uh, and an accident happened and made it worse, you know, but it that's that's the kind of stuff that happens. I like that verse right after that in eight when it says, you don't think about this, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Think about the, the God creator of the universe. We know he's always been there, but what God would really never know is suffering because he's outside of that. But then by Jesus becoming a man, he learned something. He learned what it was to be a human being that he created. I mean, that's a pretty powerful thing when you think about it. Just think of all the difficulty that he had to go through. Right. Because life is just tough. Well, when when you're you're given an explanation for the age-old question, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? You know, well, why? Well, you you learn to grow from it. You learn a lot from suffering. Learn a lot. Right. And just even in this case, Jay, I mean, you you already realize the life is a lessons. Teacher. Yeah, it, it teaches you. You know, there's, there's. It's not just your own suffering either. You learn from other people's. Life suffering. itself is a struggle. Yeah. Well, you see why people get into drugs, and when you think about why suicide happens, and it's because life becomes so difficult, and you lose hope. And you just and their don't. faith, their faith suffers because of it. Why is yeah. this happening to me? I haven't done anything. What have I done wrong here? It's just a lot harder to deal with difficulty, but like, you're not gonna have a life without difficulty. Well, <clears throat> here's something interesting, Jay. Uh, let's take another break. So, I didn't know any of this stuff that you just shared. Well, it's not something I wanted to announce on social media, you know. Well, you just but, did. But what, I'm, what I'm saying is, here's what's interesting. So the night all this happened, this was all that all that happened on before we, as you got home that Friday. Yeah, we got in way late, late, late. So the next night uh, on Saturday, because so Jace had like a, our our former preacher Trent <laughs> and his family were in town this weekend, and they were staying with Jace and Missy. They were, and then he also brought his pastor and wife from Colorado. Well, so, if you're wondering when I slept and <laughs> all that, I didn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> so we come down there. We we cooked the food and and bought a little bit, but we cooked the supper for that night because we were going to do that for Trent and his family. And we took it all down to Jay's and Missy. So all this had happened, which I, I never knew. But Jay's has a house full of people on I top did. of that. Jace, I've been saying for years, just from a reading of the entire Bible back and forth and <laughs> making a few comments, but uh, it does, I've, I've often said, in other words, uh, how, how do I word it? I'm like, I'm like uh, you know, the rarest of commodities is peace of mind. Why are you following Jesus? What about it, Zach? It, it, it becomes a rare thing, you know? But what my that's, point is, pro- uh, go ahead. Uh, that's, that's my favorite line that you say, because I think it's, <laughs> yeah. it well, resonates that, with us. That was know? my point was that, Jace, I mean, knowing now all this had happened, mm-hmm. and I already knew that, you know, Mia was really struggling, but you, y'all held it together really well to, <laughs> to host. I mean, there, we had 20 people there for dinner at your house when all this uh, was And, going. you know, AK... Yeah. And you got a baby, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Who right. shall separate us from the love of God, Jay? Shall trouble, <laughs> or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? You know. Well, our little baby that we're keeping, he he was sick, and it was nothing major. I mean, but at the time, I didn't know. I was like, we had took him to the doctor, and he's, he's. I mean, it's just a cold. But and even that night, 
so after y'all left, we're sitting around, we're talking to the pastor. And By the way, was, how long was the trip from Dallas to West Monroe? Four hours? Roughly? It's normally four, but it probably took a lot longer. Well. You might have extended that up, please. Here's the deal. Uh, speaking of grace, <laughs> I spent an hour in Dallas <laughs> trying to get out of there. <clears throat> and my daughter was in pain because as this trip went on, the pain medication that she had taken started wearing off. Oh, it didn't start; it wore off. Mm. So now we just have groans and pain, and so I just made an executive decision that you know how you have these rabbits on the interstate that are just throwing caution to the wind. Well, when one of them would come by me, I would just trail them. So I wasn't looking at the signs; I was chasing the rabbit. <laughs> So I probably hoping made that, it. Hoping and, they get pulled over, well, not right. you. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. you know, I thought, hey, I'm I'm trying to be safe here, but I mean, I'm I'm gonna get there as fast as I can. I'm not gonna go crazy, but I made it in about was that five, Friday. Yeah, it was Friday night. Was, I made it in about five and a half hours, which I think, considering the traffic, that was pretty good. I made up some time. Well, you, you definitely know? made. I up wasn't up. just driving like a maniac, but I mean, I was trying to get home as quick as possible. But we got there. So she now, night. though, she's sleeping well, and I mean, you know. No, see that hadn't happened yet. But I mean, she's she turned the corner. I mean, you know, there's a there's a moment in there, and we got her the right. We got her some medication that uh, that helped with the nausea. That that's the main thing. She's so nauseated. She couldn't. She was just. In, just misery for you know just imagine being nauseated for 72 hours <laughs> just and you already feel terrible but uh <clears throat> so because she, she's not she doesn't take pain medication like during the healing process it, it, initially she does because I, I think you have to but uh because it makes her nauseated and so she's she's really a tough human being and yep. uh, she's doing so. well. But what I was going to say is that night out after y'all left, we were sitting there talking and it was almost 11 o'clock, which I, we didn't realize it was late because, you know, here's our friend, uh, Trent and Kirsten. We had planned this before Mia's surgery about right. him coming. So then when the surgery happened, we were like, no, it's, it's really not going to be that bad of a surgery. Everything will be okay. Of course, it just went dreadfully, you know, a lot worse than we thought. So, because they weren't going to come, they were going to stay with somebody else. We're like, no, 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 at that point. So here we are. I mean, we're all together and we've done it. And, uh, but about 11 o'clock, my phone started ringing on the table, just, and I had it on silence. And I was like, who is this calling me at 11 o'clock at night? Well, look, well, it was Mia. She, but she's 30 feet away. <laughs> and so when I clicked it on, she was just horrible, you know, just all oh, moaning and she couldn't talk. But, and so Trent's like, I guess that's our cue to leave because <laughs> they're staying in our guest house, you know. So Missy took off running, you know, up there. But I was like, yeah, it's it's a tough – it was it was a tough situation. But it's getting better day by day. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I hated it that it – me knowing that, I wish there was something more we could have done. But, I mean, sometimes you just have to endure. There's not a whole lot to do besides just, you know, and she's, she's old enough now. I mean – She's, she knows the drill. I mean, she's been through this. And look, we've had rougher, I mean, they've broken bones and moved her bottom jaw and top jaw. And you remember when we had to 
had that appliance in there and we had to turn a screw oh, every day and move her jaw physically. Ooh. I mean, we did that for weeks. I mean, there, there's been more difficult moments. But I did want to say. I'll be glad uh, when she heals up and so I can well, me, yeah. congratulate her. Yeah, me too. But I wanted to say it was a lot of prayers and people support her. And look, we this is why we have this ministry that she's now in charge of, the Miamu, that where we help these families. And look, you're not like you're going to pay off all their bills and all this. This is a. What's the text? Love is made perfect through suffering. Mm-hmm. Something, something to that. Well, you yes. give you give them hope and uh, you encourage the because it is a difficult, it is a very difficult journey for those kids because it's a it's a issue that can't be corrected. It's just managed for till they quit growing, and uh, and these are the severe cases. You know, there's a lot of misinformation about there with with kids because a lot of kids the lip is common but they they go in there and fix that but when you start getting into the palate and in any other craniofacial issues it becomes a really an 18 year process you know and so we're at the end and even in y'all's case jace you were that her last surgery as far as they know we hope it it, we hope yeah i mean because then they gotta they monitor and make sure everything you know goes well you got to remember the problem is it just the body wants to go back to the way it was at the beginning and that's what causes all the problems yep so all this structure that has been surgically created altered Altered. it there's a tendency for it to want to go back to where it was so i mean you're hoping everything holds up well but lord willing we hope this is the last one. So yep. yeah, <clears throat> which but so much has been done, Jace, over the last over Mia's lifetime. You guys have seen innovation in this particular area that's been incredible. Right. So I mean, just well, one of the surgeries she had, I guess that was four year, four or five years ago. She it was only the she was the second patient to right. ever undergo that procedure. You know, because I remember when he said that he's like, "I got good news. You know, there's a new surgery and." I was like, well, how many have you done? He's like, well, this, she'll be the second one. And I thought, Ugh. and I kind of went like that. And he said, what's wrong? I said, I wish it was the third one. <laughs> and he said, what do you mean? I was like, well, the first one, you probably see how you could do some things better. But by the second one, I would rather then validate that those changes <laughs> were good. So I'd rather be three, but it's better than one. Wow. <laughs> Into the mind of Jace Robinson. This is uh, you learn a lot in this mindset. Let's take another break. It's a, it's a dangerous place to be. <laughs> dangerous place. So... I know that story got long, but I think I needed some therapy here so y'all can help. Today me. we were we were here for Jace. We were to lift him up. Well, I did want to well, break I it up. Well, I will say the Robertson Code, <clears throat> if there is one, is it's not written, but there is one. If you if you make a slip up with a sharp knife or whatever, it's usually something like "Ooh, uh, that's going to leave a mark." But and then you go right on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we don't linger a lot on no. Well, I did apply it to Hebrews and what we're reading, because, look, I found a lot of confidence in the Word of God in that moment, and uh, that's why I wanted to bring it up. I was like, family's hard. Uh, Marriage is hard. Having kids is hard. Stressors. Surgeries are hard. You know, accidents are hard. I mean, life, life can be difficult. 
And that's when you got to, you know, dig your teeth into the Word of God and you pray. And you don't you don't panic. You know, when you think about, uh, I, th- I thought about a verse. I think I wrote it down. Uh, Matthew 18. But you think about it, Jess, while you're looking that up. I, I, I can't tell you how many relationships have been uh, severed and marriages have ended over really the you know, loss of a child, yep. uh, dealing with, you know, really tough situations yep. because it is hard on every aspect of a relationship. And when, <clears throat> when someone is suffering and hurting that you love and you can't do anything about it, I mean, it puts a ton of pressure. That's why, and that's yep. why a lot of people even will lose their relationship with God over it. Cause they're just like, well, obviously he doesn't care about me yep. because this happens. So you're right. I mean, if you don't, the metal of your faith is tested the most when people you care about are hurting. I mean, yep. there's no doubt about That's that. A, it's the number it's the number one objection to belief in God is uh, Phil mentioned it earlier is why would an all-loving, all-powerful God allow pain and suffering like we see on on planet Earth and and I think it's a fair question, you know. And yeah, uh me and, too. and uh, I mean, but people deal with that, you know. And um I was thinking Phil said earlier about this idea of suffering and, and I love that passage in Hebrews that Jace brought up that made me think of John 17 at the end of it, right before Jesus was about to go through the most excruciating suffering that you could possibly imagine. I mean, he's going to be led to the cross. He's going to be whipped with a cat of nine tails. They're ripping the flesh off his back. I mean, you, you think about that picture of um, that Mel Gibson did in The Passion, and you think yep. he's, he's about to enter into a, a level of suffering that we can't even comprehend and this is what he says at the end of John 17. He said, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am so that they may see my glory, which you have given me. For you love me before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous Father, although the world has not yet known you, yet I have known you. And these have known that you sent me and I have made your name known to them and I will make it known to them so that your love which uh, with which you love me may be with them and I and them. So even in like the, you know, when he's praying for this, like he's, he's entering into his state of suffering, like his mind is, is fixated on the pe- on the people that he loves on us, on his yeah. creation. I mean, it's just, and, and the glory that came from that, you know, you think about the other side of the cross where you have the immense suffering of the cross, but it's the immense suffering of the cross that paved the way and gave the way for the resurrection and the glory that we all get to participate in now. So, um, you know, I just think our, our problem is, is we our, our vantage point so small that it's hard for us to see what God's ultimately doing here. But I mean, my, I, I mean, I, I have sympathy for people who are going through extreme suffering like me. I mean, me has gone through a lot. She really has. Yeah. Well, I was going to read this verse that it was the parable about when injustice happens and this widow kept appealing to this, judge but the first verse in luke 18 is what i want to zero in on where it says then jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up and it just hit me that in any situation you have that decision you can either panic or pray you can you know what's the preacher version of that you can worship or worry or because eventually you come to a decision, are you going to persevere or are you going to give up? That's right. 
And so that's why I think when you tie that into where we're at in Hebrews, when he said in chapter six, he said we in verse 11, we want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to to make your hope sure. I mean, if you don't stay to this to the very end, I mean, if you give up along the way, that, that's what's so uh, crazy about this Hebrews six, because it it really you know, I told y'all what I thought about. I don't think he was so much trying to give some kind of theological discussion about when a person falls away or, you know, when you cross the line, other than to say, you look at Jesus, you fall away from Jesus, you, you've you missed it. You're in the wrong pasture. There's no, there's no way to come back without Jesus. Right. There's no way to sustain yourself without Jesus. Right. And uh, so I, I got a lot of hope from that. And, and like Zach, I, I thought the same thing. I mean, I think that's what Romans 8 <clears throat> is also talking about when it says to be conformed into the likeness of his son, which you just think about his path from day one, that daily, he was making daily decisions headed toward a cross. Yep. <clears throat> well, oh, for, for us, that just... That goes against everything we believe. You're like you're you're headed toward a cross. You've you've planned your whole life for 33 years where you're gonna eventually go to a cross one day at a time. You know, even from arriving in Jerusalem to, you know, you talk about that movie, The Passion. I mean, this is your goal to get here. Yeah. I mean, it's which is a, why he had to. That's why he can relate to suffering. Yeah. One important. Hey, uh, hang on, Dad. Let's take our last break. One important thing about suffering, he, Paul told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 1 there, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we, well, we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. So they're really being mistreated. Indeed, in our hearts... We felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, and this is the, the word that, that I, I'm lived by, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. So it's just a way of looking at, you know, I think the whole thing, Jace, if you want to say it, misery comes in all forms when we live on planet Earth for our kinfolks, our family members, ourselves. But at the end of the day, we're preparing literally are preparing to die at all times. Yeah, and we're not giving up. I'm 76 years old. You say you're preparing for your death. That is correct. It's all in the hands of the Almighty. It it really helps with your hope. And then you see misery that comes to your children and hurt. By the way, uh, so far in the Robertson clan, uh, none of the children have passed on to the other side and we had to deal with something, you know, where death was involved. We've been blessed for sure. Yep. Been but, blessed but, mightily. But what's 
what's crazy about what we're going to read is he he issues this warning about not leaving Jesus and about, you know, growing up and maturing. But then he almost comes in in the back half of chapter 6, which is what we'll get into next time, <clears throat> is he starts talking about this certainty of the promise. Starts talking about hope and this anchor of your soul. And yep. so it's like it comes back to that same question. He, he didn't want them to give up. And, and he mentions that as we'll, we'll go along because life's going to be difficult. I, that's why I wanted to refer to this Romans 8 because I thought about, you know, Mia, my daughter, <clears throat> who's provided way more inspiration to me than I feel like I've provided to her <clears throat> just watching her these 18 years. And I thought about that phrase that in all these things were more than conquerors through him who loved us. And, you know, I'm not sure what that phrase means more than a conqueror. Cause I just think about her, this being the last surgery, I was like, I mean, she conquered. I remember thinking that, but then I thought, well, when you look back at Romans eight in this passage, he says in verse 29, God, you know, those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. I'm like, we operate like Jesus, you know, despite all his opposition and all his difficulty and having to be humble, you know, humble himself and become obedient to death, even death on a cross. He then says, you know, he called us, he justified us, and then it's like, what shall we say to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, why is he making statements like that? Because life is difficult. And he goes through the gospel here. He who didn't spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also give us all things? Well, then he gets on down to the suffering that we go through in 35 when he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship? persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long, to your point, yep. Phil. We are considered yep. to be sheep, to be slaughtered. But then in that context, it says, no, in all these things. I mean, what we went through the past week was just a little trouble. It was trouble. That's right. But we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, life, angels, demons, present, future, powers, height, depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And I think that's his whole point. The Hebrew writers is trying to lay that foundation to them. Don't, if you lose Jesus, if you miss Jesus, if you forget Jesus, you set him aside, however you want to phrase that, you, you lose it all. Yep, <clears throat> you're right. And and really, the arc that we've looked at here in this Hebrews context, starting back in chapter three, was remember we talked about those four uses of the idea of rest. There was creation, then there was the promised land, which was the establishment of the nation of Israel. Then there was the kingdom, which was remember Jesus said, "Enter my rest." Yep. But that fourth one, Jay's, and you just mentioned it in Romans eight, the glorification of our mortal bodies. So mm -hmm. the, in the resurrection, this is why you have to sustain and hang in there in the, in the glorification of the resurrection, all things will be made new. Everything will be made right. Whatever you've suffered, whatever did, that's why you got to get to the finish line. 
Yep. Because at the in the end, we're resurrected new. So you, you may have physical strain for your whole entire life, but when you're a believer and you trust in God, he will deliver you and all things will be made perfect and right. So that's why you can't give up. And even if you make a mistake and someone else suffers, loses their life, you know, because this happens every single day. You know, I was thinking about a guy, a friend of mine, such a great, strong Christian guy. But, he, you know, they, they used to do houses and they would jack them up and work on them. Well, he had a nephew, like a teenage nephew, that, you know, the house fell off the jack. And first, you know, he survived for a while, but eventually he died from this terrible thing. Well, he took the ownership of that whole thing. It was his company. His nephew worked for him and his sister's boy. And I just remember he was in such a dark, you know, place feeling like it was his fault, you know, that, and now a life was lost. But I remember it so clearly when he finally saw the light that, you know what? I can't give up. I got my kids. I got my grandkids. I got my faith. But when he walked through that process for those weeks while we were all praying that his nephew would survive and he didn't, I mean, I just remember thinking how much harder could it be for him? But ultimately, and now that's been 20 years ago, his faith won out. And yeah. he was able to get past. Let me tell you what's interesting well, is is we have a whole crowd of people, uh, misinformed, uh, going down the wrong path, getting out and marching, marching and chanting, and and bothering the government officials, and and they're doing it because they want to kill more death. They want to kill their own children, and they want you to kill your own. And you just say, what, what kind of cause, what kind of mind would get out and say, we must kill our, our, our children in the womb? You, 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 I'm just well, What I was going to say is what, se- what yeah. separates our God, our Father, and what he did in Jesus and the Holy Spirit from all other worldly issues and all other leaders and from the government and situations. I just This hit me during, during my reflection moment is in chapter 6 and 10, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. So there's one side of it. He's not going to forget your love, your hard work, and you helping people. But then later on, we're going to get to chapter 8 and 12, and he, and he quotes Jeremiah and says, God saying, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Nowhere else on the planet or in the universe could you go to a being who says, look, I'm going to remember the good stuff. Trust me, and I'm not unjust. I will forget the bad stuff, which is what his plan was all about in, in Jesus. And I just thought, man, what, what, a, what a Savior. Yeah. What a Lord. What a, what a Father. Where else could you find that in life? Nowhere. There's There's... There's nowhere. There's right. nothing that offers anything as good as that. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, we're out of time. Um, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about a little bit more about this in the overtime before we get back into our uh, text in Hebrews. So uh, follow us over if you haven't already. Uh, we'd love for you to be able to experience our overtime segments. That's BlazeTV.com/slash/unashamed is where you go to sign up for that. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. 
And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.